Welcome to Gil Reads Comics, where I recap and review issues of your favorite comics as I guide my non-comic reading brother Adam through the world of heroes and villains. On today's episode, we're talking about Batman in the recently completed story arc, Beasts of Burden. This arc began with issue 55 and concluded with issue 57 released on October 17th, 2018. We'll kick off today's episode with a discussion of some recent comic-related news, and then we'll talk about Batman. Let's get into it. There is an epidemic affecting children everywhere. Comic books. Comics everywhere. Avengers, Batman, Wonder Woman, and they're in movies now, too. In the real world, there is no good and evil. Enough! I'm reading comics, and no one's going to stop me. Adam, we're talking about two news stories today. Though The first one is kind of uh, two stories combined. Let's hear it. Wait, wait. The first one is two stories combined, so total of three. Total of three news stories today. I think that's the most uh, news stories yet that we've done. Are you familiar with the uh, several Marvel Netflix series that are out there? You know, Daredevil, Punisher, those shows? Yeah. Uh, how about Luke Cage and Iron Fist? I knew about Luke Cage. I did not know much about Iron Fist at all. Though we, we've talked about them on this show. Remember back in uh, Spider-Man issue one when the Defenders were giving Peter Parker a hard time? Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about Iron Fist, how he's this martial arts kung fu guy with the ability to concentrate energy in his fist and punch stuff really hard. Yeah, and you said he's like one punch man. Yeah. I hope, uh, were you a fan of those shows? Uh, I like, well, so I watched some Punisher. I think I saw the first episode of Luke Cage. I like both of them. Yeah, well, I hope, uh, you weren't looking forward to more episodes of Luke Cage. <laughs> oh, no, is it over? Canceled? Or, or Iron Fist. Yeah, they they canceled Iron Fist a few days ago. Nobody was too shocked. I think people were surprised because they just had season two, which I didn't watch, but everyone said was an improvement over season one. I think people are also just used to Netflix not very frequently canceling television shows, but Iron Fist didn't have a great reputation, so when it got canceled, it was a surprise, but not a shock, I don't think. Hmm. But then a few days later... Netflix wasn't done because then they also canceled Luke Cage. You know they did it in that order on purpose, I think, to, to soften the blow. Right, just make it more palatable. Cancel the one that people won't be too upset about, and then they're kind of used to the idea of shows getting canceled, and then and then you can Luke Cage. <laughs> well, was it was Luke Cage good? I remember thinking the first episode was good. I thought it started out really strong. And uh, after a few episodes, I'll say all the Marvel shows on Netflix have kind of suffered from this issue where the season is a few episodes too long. And it'll start really strong, have sort of a slump in the middle, and then usually end on a high note as well. Hmm. Luke Cage, for me, started strong, hit that middle slump, but never quite came back from it. It was a struggle for me to finish that first season. And when season two came out, I didn't even watch one episode. Hmm. Do you think that, like, for hero or comic book-based TV shows, the Saturday morning cartoon format lends itself better to this than, 
you know, like these hour long, more dramatic styles. I think it's it's just such a different medium, such a different audience. If you're going for the more episodic format where every week you're telling a different story, Saturday morning cartoon style, you know, works really well. You don't have to worry too much about developing the characters. But Marvel has some, well, DC does too. I mean, every comic publisher has some characters that have a lot of depth where you very well could explore them in an hour-long drama uh, I thought it, I mean, it worked to varying degrees for every one of the shows that Marvel did on Netflix. Um, but I think, um, I think it worked particularly well with Daredevil and, and Punisher and Daredevil just came out with its newest season this weekend. So I will be probably not sleeping a whole lot tonight because <laughs> I'll be, I'll be binging that. There is another news story I wanted to mention. This one tangentially related to Batman. There is a cable TV network called Epics. E-P-I-X, that is creating a TV series called Pennyworth. Does that name mean anything to you? Why does that sound familiar? I think I'm thinking of Miss Moneypenny combined with Miss Butterworth. Well, you're spot on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crossover between James Bond and, uh, what is Miss Butter- Butterworth? It was maple syrup? Pancakes? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Syrup Man. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Let me give you a hint. Pennyworth is a last name for a guy named Alfred. Ooh. It's about Alfred the Butler. Yeah, it's a prequel, a Batman prequel about Alfred after he just came back from Special Forces forming his own security company, working with Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father. Hmm. So does this have nothing to do with Batman? Well, it's... It's it's roots Batman's dad, but it takes place decades before Bruce Wayne's even born. Interesting. That's kind of weird. I feel like you're saying interesting, but <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I, I don't know who who thought of doing this. Is there like a story that the, is there a pre-existing comic or something they're basing this on? There there are um there there have been stories told about Alfred's past and in more recent years uh, they've they've decided that when he was younger, Alfred was sort of a badass, you know, special forces yeah. kind of guy. I feel like they should call the series Alfred instead of Pennyworth because it'll it'll get more interest. Yeah, Pennyworth sounds very much like a butler name. Yeah, but it made me think of Mary Poppins. Yeah, it, it calls to mind uh, just old timey British related, like posh. I don't know what that means, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but well, when you watched The Dark Knight and Michael Caine was on screen, like we he wrote you a letter, Batman. Weren't mm-hmm. you like, they should make a movie about him? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is Epics made? Have they made anything good? What's that? Is is does Epics have any kind of like reputation for making good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I know that they have a TV show out now called Get Shorty, which is based off of uh, the movie Get Shorty. It's got it's Ray got Romano. Ray Romano, that's right. If they cast Ray Romano as Alfred, that would get my attention. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Mi- Mr. Wayne, let me help you make no, this security Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Well, we've known about this show for a while. The news this week is that they've actually started to announce some of the cast. 
So now we know it's a real show that's actually happening. They cast Jack Bannon as Alfred, an actor that I'm not really too familiar with. I'm assuming you aren't either. That's a safe assumption. Well, let's say you and I both have an open mind. We'll watch the show. We're curious to see if it's going to be any good. <laughs> I see you've got a. When I said we'll watch the show, a big smile appeared on your face. <laughs> you got, we'll watch the trailer for the show. You'll you'll tell me about it. Yeah, I will watch all ten episodes and recount them in detail to you. Yeah, or you'll at least tell me about the trailer. All right, you know what? Let's talk about Batman. All right, that's what I'm talking about. I got my Batman shirt on. That's what we're here for today. Adam, who is Batman? Bruce Wayne. Who told you that? Uh, well, when I say who is Batman, I want to hear. So you've got the secret identity now. Give me the mythos. What's what's the backstory right, here? I think I can get this better than I got Spider Man. <laughs> so when Bruce Wayne was young, he was with both of his parents, and they were leaving the opera. They bumped into Uncle Ben. And, <laughs> Who <he's was> fully, <laughs> and, and Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great bats. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> as they were leaving the opera or, or, or something like that, uh, some, no, some ne'er-do-well shot Bruce Wayne's parents right in front of him. Yeah, it was Joe Chill. Hmm. <laughs> You'd think someone so chill wouldn't do something like that. And he also so then uh, Bruce Wayne was was then raised by um, Alfred, and so they were that's right. You know he's from a wealthy family, and then something happened with bats, and it left a big impression on him. <laughs> yeah, he's afraid of bats. He was, or he is. He was, and depending on the incarnation, still is. That's funny, and he's embracing that fear. I like that. He's personifying the thing that he finds most frightening. Right. There's more to the origin, right? I mean, he's raised by a butler, and then what? Oh, yeah, and then, then he <laughs> he becomes Batman. He goes and trains with uh, uh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah. And so he learns, like, martial arts, basically. But he's also super rich, so... He has Morgan Freeman make all of this cool technology for him and stuff. Lucius Fox. Yeah. And so his he doesn't have a superpower in the traditional like sense of being supernatural or something inherent in his body. He, his superpower is he's intelligent, he's incredibly smart, he's well-trained, and he's got resources. Yeah, he's, uh, he's basically a human that's maxed out all of his stats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading an article a few years ago that sort of debated how realistic is Batman. And he essentially described that Bruce Wayne would have to be, you know, top class in everything. He's the number one, you know, weightlifter, but he's also the number one, you know, marathon runner. And he's the smartest. So the bottom line is that this is a real thing. That you could do this. If you if you tried hard enough, you could be Batman. I hope to one day. I would love that. Just got to do a bunch of CrossFit, right? Yes, that was another article I read, which analyzed any sequence that's ever been shown in the comics where you see Batman training, and he tried to find what is the closest real-world equivalent to Batman's training routine, and what he found is that 
It's CrossFit. And that is literally why I joined CrossFit. <laughs> I love to hear you say that if people ask you at the gym, like why you started. It's Batman. <laughs> That's why I love Batman. Because we can all be like him. It's not like Superman where you look up to him, but he is just somebody that is so far outside the realm of possibility. Batman gives you motivation every day. So I love Batman, clearly. Adam, are you with me on this? Yeah, I, lo- I love Batman. I, As with most things, I haven't really read the comics, but I did read, I've read um, Batman Year One, I've read The Killing Joke, and I've seen all of the 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 movies, the not the more recent ones, but the three with, you know, Christian Bale. Well, I haven't read the Batman comics for a while, haven't really followed them regularly, but I recently jumped back in a few issues ago, and I'll tell you that this latest story arc they did, three-issue arc called The Beast of Burden rekindled my my love for this character. I mean, I already had that love, but this got me to, I'm going to go back and start reading the comics again because it was so awesome. But before we dive into it, Adam, there is some background that you're going to want to have here. Uh, back in 2011, DC launched what they called the New 52. Are you familiar with this at all? Yeah, that sounds pretty familiar. They, they rebooted all their heroes, you know, started with issue ones, and it was called the New 52 because they streamlined their whole um, publishing arm down to 52 ongoing series. In 2016, they rebooted again with what they called Rebirth. And in this latest reboot, it brings back a lot of the old elements from before the New 52, but mixes in some of the newer elements that people liked. So it's kind of uh, the best of both worlds type of continuity. Just a few issues ago, Batman and Catwoman were going to seal the deal and get married. But Catwoman leaves Bruce Wayne at the altar. Because she realizes that if she, wait, Bruce wait, Wayne wait, is wait, ever wait. happy, she had cold paws. <laughs> That's better than uh, than what Alun said when I told him about this. He also tried to make a joke, and he goes, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, run away, cat." <laughs> I was like, "I don't think that's a thing." <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Uh, but after, well, so so Catwoman leaves Bruce Wayne. That's Selina Kyle. That's Catwoman. She figures that Bruce Wayne, if he's ever happy, he can't be Batman. Do you, do you buy that? That's not, yeah, that sounds about right. Because Batman is such a brooding, dark figure. But I also don't think he'll be happy as regular Bruce Wayne either. I think happiness just isn't in the cards for him. And that lack of happiness and that, that anger is part of what drives him forward. That's kind of his superpower. Well, there might be more to this story because we then, after Catwoman runs away, we see Bane with a whole cabal of Batman villains, his rogues gallery, all sitting around Bane, and he says, The bat is broken. This is, the com- this is how the comic opens? No, this is how the comic ended after Selina Kyle left uh, Bruce Wayne at the altar. Wait, wait. This is before the comic we're actually going to read. Yeah, I'm giving you background right now. Okay. 
So it's implied that Bane was was he's been pulling the strings, you know, for the last fifty issues, trying to trying to get all the pieces to fall into place. He is the one that tried to set it in motion where Bruce Wayne was almost going to get married and Catwoman mm. would leave him at the altar because, you know, as I said to Alun on a previous episode, the Bane broke the bat, right? A long time ago, he broke his back. Yeah. He did it again, but this time, he broke his heart. This time, I broke his heart. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you think anything like this has ever happened in real life? Where somebody, all the time people have enemies, right? And they'll torture them, kill them. But this sort of psychological torture. <laughs> all the time. Of, of, <laughs> of uh, you know, I'm going to, over the course of months, just try and set things up to psychologically break this person. Is this a thing that, that you think people do? Um, <laughs> I, I can't say. I've seen it happen in real life. There must be some people who do it. It doesn't sound that fun. doesn't sound that fun for either party involved. Yeah. I think I'd be really good at it, though. That, <laughs> I, I, uh, that's partially why I asked you. because I, I was going to say that if you had an enemy, this is how you would attack them, like Bane style. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, what I don't get is why doesn't Bane just kill Batman? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. I'll tell you that Joker, um, part of the reason he doesn't kill Batman is because of exactly what Selina Kyle said. Joker is actually helping Batman because he knows that Bruce Wayne needs a certain baseline level of unhappiness in order to be effective as Batman. So Joker is kind of mainlining him with, with misery, and he's trying to keep him on the level. Joker? Yeah, Joker is is, you know fighting Batman all the time because he needs Batman to be unhappy so he can be effective as uh, an anti-hero. Oh, so you think Joker's actually good for Batman? Uh, I'm not saying I think that. This is what the Joker said. Oh. After Selina slit his throat. See, I, I don't know these things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, so she I slit think... his throat and then he said it? <laughs> right. So I think Joker shot Catwoman in the gut. And then she slit his throat. So they were both kind of incapacitated. It's like Reservoir And dogs. they both realized, if we keep fighting, we're going to die. So they decide to chat instead. And Joker's like, you know why I do what I do? <laughs> or, you know why I do what I do? Why, Joker? You know, and then he, he goes into his whole monologue. <laughs> your Joker's a lot better than your Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to right now. I wanted to tell you all that just so you understand mentally where Batman's at right now. He's kind of broken up. He's not feeling too great. So we get to issue 55. That's the one we're going to start with. Like I said, this is a three-issue arc. We'll be talking about issue 55 through 57, the conclusion, which just came out a couple of days ago. We open up with a guy going through an airport. He just landed, and we pretty quickly find out that this is the KG Beast. Based on that name, Adam, why don't you speculate on on who this guy is? He sounds like some kind of Russian former KGB villain. So KG actually refers to kilogram because he weighs. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's Russian. <laughs> he's a Russian assassin. In in previous incarnations of Batman, he had some cybernetic enhancements. Here, it's unclear if he has any of that. In any case, he is a super assassin. 
Uh, he is called the KG Beast, but in this arc, they'll they'll generally for, refer to him as just the Beast. I'm just picturing Drogo from uh, Rocky IV. Yeah, he kind of looks like that if he was even stronger and was bald. All right, I can see it. He actually, you know who he looks like? Victor Drago, um, uh, Drago's uh, son in Creed II, if you've seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Well, I'll give you a couple of little factoids here so you can get an understanding of why you should be afraid of the Beast. There is one page in issue 55 where the Beast is strangling a guy. And they dedicate nine panels, that's a full page, to show you the life slowly leaving this person. So you see his eyes get bigger and then turn red, and saliva you know, comes out of his mouth. And, and when your eyes turn red, that's like your capillaries bursting or something? Yeah. Is that what happens? That happened to me once. I woke up in the morning and just like half of one of my eyes was red, but it was totally painless. And uh, the do- yeah, the doctor said I burst a capillary and I didn't have to worry about it. Damn. So for you, it just happened. But you can also make it happen. You can force it if you if you choke someone to death. Yeah. That's not what happened to me. Well, if that's not bad enough, Adam, the other thing that the Beast does is he has a private island. And he likes to take his enemies, bring them to the island so he can have a hunt to the death. Oh, so he's like... Um... Who is it that the hunts human, the most dangerous game? Um, is this a real person or a character? <laughs> it's a, it's like a famous famous story. You don't know what I'm talking about? Dwight Schrute? <laughs> Did you say Dwight Schrute? <laughs> yeah. I, I do think he referenced that once. No, but it's uh, there's some famous story from a long time ago. It's like a fiction thing, and it's uh, some rich guy likes to put humans on an island so he can hunt them. I think even the Simpsons parodied it. Yeah, Lord of the Flies? No. <laughs> no. Hostile? <laughs> and he says humans are the most dangerous game. Oh, well, yeah, I have no. I actually have no idea. This doesn't even sound familiar to me. Uh, that's crazy that you don't know that. Great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> I would have read that book if that was the story. So needless to say, the beast is not to be trifled with. But I have a feeling that there will be some trifling. <laughs> so Batman's not doing well. Um, and Dick Grayson, you know who that is? Is he a reporter? No. <laughs> oh, I think it's Dick Tracy. Wait, I don't even think that's a reporter. It's a detective. I'm not good at... Uh, I'm not good with uh, references. Right, you know who Robin is. What is that? Robin? It, that's Robin. Yeah. What's his name Dick again? Dick Grayson was the first Robin. Okay. But he grew up and he became Nightwing, kind of a more badass adult version of Robin. Mm, I knew that. He's the one who in uh in the new Titans show says fuck Batman. <laughs> but he's trying to cheer up Batman, right? He's trying to make him feel better. So they're swinging around the city, you know, with their grappling hooks. And Nightwing is, is being very quippy. Actually reminds me a lot of Spider-Man. Uh, and so one of the things he says is, uh, remember when you used to call me chum? You know, like in the 60s in the Adam West Batman? He actually says that? No. <laughs> he doesn't say anything about Adam West, but he says, you used to call me chum all the time. And Batman's like, I don't think I ever called you that. 
Does, does that go anywhere or that's it? <laughs> they just kind of go back and forth for a while. Oh, actually, he says, uh, you know, I thought it was a term of endearment at first until I remember that chum refers to, like, chopped up dead fish. It, yeah, but is that is that what people mean? Like, is that where the use of the word chum between friends came comes from? I mean, no way. Because people would be, they would say, Oh, Adam, old chum. Yeah. There's no way they mean Adam, old bucket of dead fish. <laughs> or if you two are getting chummy together, it's like you got all minced up and mixed in with each other. You're like, there's, yeah, that's that's disgusting. You're like a little burger patty. Oh, there's no way that's what it means. But, but who knows? People were crazy back then. <laughs> uh, and Batman does admit, <laughs> you never used to wash your costume. You know, so it did used to smell potentially, and and that's that could be where the chum nickname came from. Yeah, but bo doesn't end up smelling fishy, <laughs> so that's another weird thing. Unless there's something really wrong with Dick Grayson. <laughs> yeah. Who, um, by the way, I'll get into this later, but a small uh, little preview: Dick Grayson currently goes by Rick Grayson. Is is it because he doesn't want to sound like a euphemism for the drumstick? <laughs> the drumstick. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually not why. There is a very specific reason why he changed his name, and it's an awesome reason. I can't wait to tell you, but it will be a big spoiler. Wow. So we'll get to that later. There, so they're swinging around. You know, Nightwing's making a lot of jokes trying to cheer a Batman. He's mostly not having it. Um, but eventually the bat signal lights up the sky, and that's Jim Gordon calling Batman and Nightwing to the rooftop where they're going to have a discussion. Uh, and as always, Adam, when we introduce a new character, I have to ask you, Jim Gordon, who's that? He's the commi- the police commissioner. Yes, and he knows Batman, doesn't know his secret identity, but he uses the bat signal to call him whenever there's trouble. So to kind of set things up here, I will read you directly from the comic for a moment. So Jim calls him over and he says, An all-night hot dog place in Midtown. Patrons found a napkin on a table. And then Nightwing says, I knew it! Napkin Man! He's the worst. <laughs> Wait, so Nightwing is just Spider-Man. <laughs> I Which I, I've read some Nightwing before. I think this is kind of new. And maybe he's playing up his uh, playful side a bit because he is trying to cheer up Batman. But having read so much Spider-Man lately, I, I, I this feels like a Spider-Man-Batman crossover. Yeah, I mean, he has his voice sound. It's like the uh, that, that Isotope Genome Accelerator actually spun off a third <laughs> Spider-Man who became Nightwing. <laughs> well, Jim goes on. They kind of just, I mean, similar to the way people treat Peter Parker, uh, you know, he's quipping and they kind of just ignore him. So Jim <laughs> goes on. There was a message on the napkin. Who's afraid of the Joker? The question mark at the end was oversized. And then Batman says, it's the anniversary, the end of the war. And you're wondering what war is he talking about, right? Yeah. So a little while ago, there was something called the War of Jokes and Riddles, where Joker and Riddler couldn't decide who should be the one that gets to kill Batman. And that escalated into a major turf war in Gotham where all the different villains were picking sides. Are you with the Joker or the Riddler? (laughs) So Bruce Wayne called a dinner party 
where he invited the Joker and Riddler and all the other enemies to his house and basically said, okay, convince me, which side should I support? And he didn't reveal that he's Batman, but people know that Bruce Wayne and Batman work together. So essentially, whichever side you can convince me to be on, Batman will follow suit. Which side do you think he picks? Hmm. I guess he would pick the side that he th- he thinks he can outsmart or defeat more easily. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he tries to make them compromise and, and so that they can both do it. No. He picks the Riddler, which I think makes sense because Joker is so unpredictable. The Riddler, at least there's some logic to him, right? Well, at the end of it, the conclusion to this war is told in the form of a flashback where... Bruce Wayne is talking to Catwoman. He asks her to marry him, but he says, first, I need to tell you my darkest secret. And he goes into, here's what happened. So he's explaining the conclusion to the war of jokes and riddles. Mm -hmm. So at the end of it, Batman is in a room with Joker and Riddler. He gets the better of them in a fight. And then he looks at the Riddler and actually takes out a knife and goes to stab him in the throat and kill him. But the Joker throws up his hand and stops the knife, so it actually stabs through. Later, Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and asks the Joker, you know, why did you save me? Because in a way, he did. He saved Batman from losing his soul, actually murdering someone. Hmm. And Joker tells him, once you understand the difference between a joke and a riddle, you'll understand why I saved you. Huh. That in and of itself is a riddle. It is. And then Batman tells Catwoman, that's my darkest secret. You know, the, the, the one thing that separates me from, from the bad guys is that I don't kill. But it's not even true. I was going to kill, and all that stopped me was Joker's hand. I'm not, I'm not noble. But then Catwoman tells him, you know the answer to the question, what's the difference between a joke and a riddle? The answer is, who cares? <laughs> and then she says that she'll marry him. Interesting. Her she is she has less scruples, right? Yeah. She was a bad she was uh she was a cat burglar. Yeah. And also wasn't she I mean she was at least in was it The Dark Knight Rises? Turns out to be Talia Al Ghul. No. No. <laughs> oh wait, no, I just combined two people, didn't I? No, yeah, it was uh there was another woman in the movie who turned out to be Talia. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. It was Okay, I can picture them now. They were different people. <laughs> yeah, it was the woman that was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife in Inception. Yeah. What do you think about all this nonsense where Batman asks himself, what's the difference between me and the villains? I mean, it's not just about not killing. He's also a superhero, and they're bad guys. Well, yeah, he wants to do good things. Sometimes... In order to, he wants to protect people. Sometimes to protect people, you have to, uh, you know, kill the person who's a mass murderer. And so I don't. First of all, I think his maybe he's worried that once he he opens the floodgates of allowing himself to kill, he would basically. I feel like he'd basically just turn into the Punisher, and and that would be bad for his psyche. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I understand why he doesn't want to kill. But there's an even if he were willing to kill, there's still an obvious difference, which is the reason he's doing it. But well, what about the fact uh, that the Joker, you want to call him evil, right? Because he's a killer. 
But if he's insane, does he belong? I mean, should we kill him? Or does he belong in an asylum? We should do the, the minimum necessary to protect society. So if there's no option other than to kill him, then we kill him. But it doesn't matter if he's evil or not. Even even if we say he can't control himself, he can't help it, he's sick in the head, but we've tried everything and he's just going to keep killing people. All right, then you put him down. Doesn't mean you feel good about yeah. it. Which, that, in a very rare DC Marvel crossover years ago, they actually had a Punisher-Batman crossover. And there's a scene where Punisher's got a gun against the Joker's head. And he tells Batman, bro, let me kill this guy. Or he's going to keep killing people. And Batman stops him. He saves the Joker. Yeah, I mean, I think Batman just likes having all these enemies. Yeah. These nemeses. That's right. There is, uh, at some point, you and I are going to have to dive deep into my favorite comic book of all time, The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, The story Frank Miller wrote. 20, 30 years ago about Batman coming out of retirement. And at one point, he actually decides to kill the Joker. It won't spoil what happens when he makes that decision, but he's got such a badass line there where he says, all the people I've murdered by letting you live. Hmm. Exactly. That's how I see it. Well, we're back on the rooftop, so I just wanted to give you the context for that war. They found a napkin on a table that asks that question. Who's afraid of the Joker? You know, referencing the one-year anniversary of the war. Is the oversized question mark the Joker's thing? Because as soon as I heard that, I started thinking about the Riddler. It's the Riddler. So the implication is uh, that might be somebody from the Riddler side taunting the Joker. Who's afraid of the Joker? Oh, okay. So Jim goes on and he says... Joker and Riddler are still in Arkham Asylum, or they're supposed to be. I'm having it checked. Hmm. Batman asks him, Witnesses? Jim goes on. Clubs were just getting out, lots of crowds, lots of drunks. Got conflicting reports. Everything from a six-year-old girl to a one-armed man. And then the Nightwing says, That's the problem with Napkin Man. He just doesn't... Bang! Nightwing gets shot in the head. Whoa, he was he 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 quipped one quip too many. <laughs> Don't you love that his last words were a joke about Napkin Man? <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah, and you know who shot him? It was the Beast. Oh, okay. So we cut to the Beast putting his sniper rifle away, and then it says DC Comics presents Beasts of Burden Part One. And that was the end of the issue. Wow. So they didn't even tell you up front. This was the introduction. Nightwing getting shot in the head with a sniper is just the beginning. That's nuts. And it was pretty graphic, too. His blood and I mean, he definitely got shot in the head. <laughs> There's no question about it. No one's going to be debating. Do you, you think Nightwing died? Yeah. Well, if you if you if if we go... That's the end of the issue. Like I said, if we go to the next issue, you know, 56... There's actually very little reference to Dick Grayson in there. Uh, we're, we're sort of meant to take it for granted that he's dead. Mm. And they make a couple references to, uh, you know, I killed his son. And people sort of think of Dick as Batman's adopted son. Mm. If you want to know Nightwing's true fate, 
because the the funny thing is Nightwing has his own series. You know, it's up to issue 50. So people reading Nightwing, you know, they're just having a good time reading Nightwing. And then someone's like, yo, did you read the new issue of Batman? <laughs> no, no, what happened? They free, they killed Nightwing. <laughs> like, but I like that series. Yeah, I've been re- I was waiting for next week's issue. <laughs> well, so if you open up next week's issue, it takes place a little while later. And, and Dick has recovered from his head wound. You're joking. No, no, he's back. But he's not the same. He has amnesia. Um, but he remembers some of his old life. And he's, he's sort of mad at it. He's like, I don't want to be a superhero. So he goes to his um, underground lair in Bloodhaven you know, by the subway, and he burns it, all of his old costumes. I, I, I just, if someone has a lair and they live in a place named Bloodhaven, it's hard for me to think that they're not a villain. Like, Superman doesn't have a lair. He has a fortress. And Batman has a cave. Yeah. <laughs> I also who decides to name their town Bloodhaven? Yeah. It's like there's a place in Arizona, I think it's just called Hell. <laughs> there's a place in Turkey called Batman. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a town. It's probably pronounced something like Batman. <laughs> That's still But it's spelled Batman. I mean Batman is just how they would pronounce Batman over there. Yeah, that's true. I I think for, you know, our hundredth episode of Gil Reed's Comics, we should do a live episode from Batman Turkey. <laughs> I yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna book my ticket right now and just have it that way we have to do it. Yeah, It'll be ready. Well he torches his hideout, his lair, and from now on he's will no longer be known as Dick. He will be known as Rick. That's the that's the reason. <laughs> And he, he likes to gamble, fight, he breaks into houses, but he still does some heroic things here and there. And Barbara Gordon, that's Jim Gordon's daughter, she shows up and wants to help him remember his past. Mm. He doesn't want to. You know, he's leave me alone. You know, this is kind of this is sort of what you expect from people who've suffered a traumatic brain injury. Right. Like that guy, Phineas Gage, who got the pipe through his head. Yeah. Like a hundred years ago, and he and he survived, but he became a jerk. Exactly. I've met people who had have who've survived like bad brain injuries. Yeah, and it's they're kind of some of them are fine, but some of them are tough to deal with. And and you you hear people who know them say like that's not what they were like before this happened, and they just kind of they lose their ability to kind of keep their cool. And do they usually pick a new name that rhymes with their old name, but it's shorter or different somehow? Yeah, yeah, and they like move to places that have a lot to do with like blood and bats. Well, that wraps up <laughs> the story of Nightwing. I think he'll come back eventually and you know be his old self again, but it's unimportant for this story, but I just knew that you would be distracted if you didn't know the fate of Dick Grayson. So I just didn't want to leave that hanging thread out there. We go to issue 56, part 2 of the beast of burden. And in this issue, we cut back and forth between Batman sort of raging forward trying to to seek vengeance, beating people up, getting information. He's trying to find the beast. And while Batman's doing that, the beast goes home and uh meets up with his dad. Hmm. And we learn a little bit about his backstory. So his dad is kind of uh, a piece of work. You know, he, 
you could probably guess that the Beast didn't have a great childhood. And we get just a little snippet of that here. So we notice that uh, the Beast is missing an arm. He's got a prosthetic limb. And his dad asks him what happened to it. And he explains the Batman took it. <laughs> so I guess this is, you know, in some previous battle, Batman, uh, you know, took his arm off. When you say took it, it makes it sound like he, Batman's still in possession of it somewhere. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> well, his so the Beast's dad says to him, you know, I'm surprised that you didn't take the Batman's arm. And the Beast says, don't worry, I took his son. And then his dad tells him, the son and money, good. But I think arm would still have been better. <laughs> An arm is important to a man. What good really is a son? <laughs> yeah, I can I can see why um the KG beast may have grown up to be a little, you know, bitter. <laughs> and uh he made reference there to money, and that's because uh the beast says that he was paid a lot to kill Batman's son. So somebody hired him for this. Any any speculation on who that might be? Mm. The mayor? The mayor. <laughs> Kingpin? Kingpin? Oh, wait, wait. That's that's from Spider-Man. Oh, I hope that was an intentional joke. Yeah. Wasn't it funny? <laughs> well, think about this. We've already made reference to somebody who's behind the scenes pulling strings. Mmm... You said, hmm, as if you had an idea. You have no idea. I forget. Let me give you a hint. Beast, I will need something from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Bane, it's Bane, Bane. That's my theory. It's not confirmed yet, but that would make sense, right? Yeah. He, he was coordinating this whole... He's taking away everything that's important to Batman. He And not only is he taking it away, but he's giving him stuff that wasn't important before and then taking it away. You know, Bruce Wayne's never had love. And he gave him love and took it away. The love of a woman. <laughs> uh, you're on the fence. You're, you're thinking, this beast fellow, you know, he seems like a bad guy, but he's really that bad. Seems like his heart isn't into it. Well, let me, let me read you some more dialogue between him and his father. And, and one interesting fact, by the way. I read that before in my attempt at a Russian accent. In the comic... It's got brackets around it with an asterisk that says this is in Russian. So they're translating for us. <laughs> so when you see brackets, that means it's in Russian. That's funny. Well, so the beast's dad says to him, Why didn't you kill me? You killed your brothers, sisters, mother. The beast explains that they were weak. Oh, maybe he's not such a good guy. No. Well, unless you don't know, they could have been even more evil than him. Maybe it's a good thing he killed all of his brothers and his sisters and, and his mom. And his entire family. <laughs> Not his whole family. Yeah, except for his dad. He saved his dad. Why did he do that? He says, I didn't kill you because you're really strong <laughs> and, and I love you. <laughs> See, that means a lot coming from someone who, who he doesn't love easily, it seems. It takes a lot to impress him. It does. And apparently... Even though he's impressed, maybe he's not impressed enough because the beast says, I still love you, father. And then his dad says, hmm, for this, you are weak. But that is my fault. 
I let you be weak. So is the father won't be satisfied until until the son kills him? <laughs> he says, because I love you too, son. And then the beast shoots his dad in the face. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these people? <laughs> well, that's that's who Batman is up against. This guy is he's evil. It's been theorized that he's killed upwards of 200 people. That's just crazy. Wait, so did the father know what was coming? I, I mean, didn't it seem like he was kind of goading him? He's like, hey, wh- wh- why didn't you kill me? Huh? Yeah, you're so tough. Why don't you shoot me you, too? You little weak little, little. If you, uh, you put on your, your psychology hat, tell me what's going on here. I think he comes from somewhat of a dysfunctional family. You know, he didn't have the best childhood. And I think the father, I think he wanted to die. You know, so he knew what buttons to push in the beast to get him to do it. And I think the beast telling him that he loved the father, that was a great show of weakness. And in order to make up for it, counterbalance it, he had to do something dramatic. Yeah. And this is, that just made it, I just made a connection here. Um, Spoiler for Star Wars The Force Awakens. If you don't want to hear it, just fast forward 30 seconds. Kylo Ren, he felt like he had to free himself from from love, you know, of his father. Yeah. And he killed he killed his dad, Han Solo. This is the same thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you see love as a weakness or a, a, something that will prevent you from being as effective and you're evil, then you just destroy the thing you love. This is KG Beast, or or the Beast. He looks at Batman and he says, "I can I can defeat Batman. Except I have a weakness that he doesn't. He's an orphan. I'm only half an orphan. So I need to kill my dad and be on the same level as Bruce Wayne. That that's what you think is going on in his head." Yeah, except he doesn't, I guess he doesn't know that Batman is Bruce Wayne, so that theory doesn't really hold water. In any case, he's freeing himself from love because it makes him weak, right. as his father said. And He's not tied to anything. Yeah, he, has, he had one more tie, and it's gone now. While this is going on, there is a super badass full-page spread of Batman trudging along in the snow. And you sort of see him small in the background. You see him bigger, bigger. So you can kind of see the whole journey of him having walked through this just tundra. And there are boxes of dialogue all over the page, essentially telling you how Batman arrived here, the journey. Uh, for example, you see one di- one piece of dialogue that says, The code is 03432521. Please do not let go. The implication being Batman mm-hmm. tortured somebody or scared them to get some information. Right, he's, he's holding them over the edge of a building or something. Right, that's kind of one of his go-to moves. You hear somebody say, That crazy man, I saw his house once, I was fishing near the lake. He shot at me. And he's learning about the beast, or yeah. maybe the beast's dad. Was it in brackets? He's closing in. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that one was in brackets. See, Batman's uh, trudging across like Siberia right now or something. And, and and then you, you see somebody say, 
you can't go now. Maybe in the summer. Too cold. Oh, and then this one. Oh, yeah, too cold for vehicles. Even the dogs won't go. Everything freezes. Right, so they're warning him. You can't go out there. Yeah. And then we see Alfred talking. Not see. You just hear. You just see his dialogue, but you can tell it's him. That's your third try in the bat plane. And our third lost plane, Master Bruce. So three times he tried to fly in, and it didn't work. Wow. And then we've got, you can walk, but if you walk in this cold, no, no, you're going to die. He'll lose some toes at least. So he, it, his plane can't even get through, and he says, I'm going to walk. And they tell him it's too cold, you'll die. <laughs> he goes anyway. He, that's crazy. It's crazy, but they just killed his son, essentially. Yeah, that's true. He's pissed. And Alfred uh, starts telling him on the radio that he's losing him. He can't hear anything. And you actually start to see the word bubbles get obscured until they're they're gone. So now he's on his own. He should get some sled dogs. No, no. They said that the wolves uh, die or the dogs. They try. If you take dogs instead of uh, like a machine run vehicle, mm-hmm. the, the dogs won't do it. It's too cold. Mm. So the beast is in his house. He uh, takes a shot of whiskey and then holds up his gun, points it at the door. Are you sure it's whiskey? See, you're thinking vodka, right? He's in Russia. Yeah. But it was brown. Hmm. So he points his gun at the door and he can hear Batman out there. Issue 57, titled To Hunt the Beast. Wait, so is that the ending? Yeah. Suspense. This next issue... I'm going to warn you in advance, made me sick. Hmm. Like I had to put my hand on my stomach for a second. Wow. Is that just because the beast is going to do something really messed up? Uh, Maybe. Maybe it's the beast. Maybe not. (laughs) But you'll you'll find out. Uh, Batman goes, this is, I got to question Batman's uh, plan here because he goes to open the front door. Really? And then uh, a spray of bullets come out. You know, of course. And uh, a few of them very clearly clip Batman. You can actually see one of them leave a bullet hole in his arm. So he got hit a few times. Couldn't he just drone him? No. I feel like we keep running back over the same ground. They couldn't even get the bat plane in, Adam. The weather's too messed up. I guess. I feel like if you go high enough, he should get a... Like a... A satellite or something that can shoot lasers. It's not personal enough. You know, this is this is revenge at this point. He's got a Oh, also he doesn't kill. Yeah, it's actually there you go. If he used a drone, there's no way he could do that without killing the beast. That's true. Well they have uh I so I think you know, why is Batman doing this harebrained plan of just trying to walk through the front door? He's uh, I don't think he's thinking straight, right? He's he's kind of blinded by rage here. No. He has a vendetta. And he's also just been walking through you know, near fatal cold. So he's a little messed up is my is, is what I'm gonna go with here. Did he I mean in my head he walked like a like Siberia is humongous. Like he could have walked like a thousand miles. I mean, I don't think he walked a thousand miles. He probably got as close as he could with the bat plane and then deplaned and walked the rest of the way. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't that far. Well they have a uh, almost the entire issue is the two of them fighting. And it sort of reminded me of The Dark Knight Rises when Batman fights Bane for the first time. 
There's no score. It's just silence and them grunting and you hear the sound of them hitting each other. They don't have any quips, no back and forth. It almost becomes a running joke in the issue because the only dialogue is Batman saying, hmm, or the Beast saying, hmm, like HM, <laughs> sometimes it's HN, just grunts. And the fight is so well drawn. Every punch is brutal. Like you can feel it coming off the page. But the fight is intercut with a flashback. We get we get a little window, another window, into the Beast's childhood. Uh-oh. You see him as a kid begging his dad, please read the story, because he wants his dad to read him a bedtime story. It's probably going to be a, a disgusting story. Yeah. <laughs> well, his dad starts reading the story. So we have a children's story that's drawn, you know, kind of cartoonish, and it's got the narration the whole time of, of uh, you know, the father reading. And the, the pace of the issue will, is sort of, you've got a page from the children's book, page of Batman fighting the beast, page of the children's book, back to Batman fighting mm-hmm. the beast. So it kind of goes back and forth. But I will take you through the story, the children's book, beginning to end. You got a, a pig walking along, and uh, he bumps into a wolf who asks the pig, uh, where are you going? And he explains that he's on his way to church to pray. Wolf uh, decides to go along with him. They're walking. They bump into a fox. You know, where are you going? We're going to church. The fox decides to go. Uh, Along the way, they run into a hare. You know, that's like a bunny. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay. (laughs) And a squirrel. So you've got... What's a squirrel? A squirrel is like a chipmunk, but a little little bit bigger. (laughs) It's like a (laughs) kawati. You've got a pig, wolf, fox, hare, and squirrel, five of them, walking along, and they fall into a pit. They're trapped in there. And Adam, they don't have any food. What do you think happens? So I think the squirrel gets eaten by the fox, the fox gets eaten by the pig, and the pig gets eaten by the wolf. Exactly. They decide to have a singing contest. (laughs) <laughs> like I said they, they say well the fox has an idea he says why don't we sing and whoever has the thinnest voice will eat them <laughs> so the, the wolf fox and pig start singing and they look like they're having the time of their life uh, like there was a movie a couple of years ago that was essentially American Idol for animals and this could have been the poster for that movie they looked so happy But then you cut to the squirrel and the hare, and they look terrified. They've got these big eyes, and then and then they get brutally, like graphically ripped apart and eaten. And that's not the part that made me feel sick. At this point, I'm still doing okay. Uh, And then you know they're they're hungry again, and this time, so all we've got left now is the fox, the wolf, and the pig. The fox suggests, hey. Let's do another song, but this time whoever has the fattest voice gets eaten. They rip apart the wolf, they eat the wolf. So now you've just got the fox and the pig. But this fox... Wait, wait, the wolf is done. Wolf is done, but the fox, he didn't didn't eat the whole wolf. See, the fox is clever. He is the clever one, yeah. He, and you're about to see just how clever he is. Because when he was eating the wolf, 
he kind of kept the heart in the bowels. They uh, pushed him aside. Yeah. And then he lays down and he puts the bowels and the heart on him on his on himself. Like he's laying down with those things on his stomach and he starts eating them. And the pig looks over and he says, wait, wait, "What are you eating over there?" Because the pig, as far as he knows, the wolf has been fully devoured. Yeah. And the fox says to the pig, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm eating myself. I'm eating myself. Exactly. I'm eating myself. <laughs> and it's awesome. You should try it." Uh, a self-mutilation really grosses me out. Yeah, there's a panel of the pig just, like, wrenching his back so he can get his mouth to his stomach, and he just uh, takes a big bite out of himself and dies. Jesus. And then the fox eats him. <laughs> Why wouldn't you start with your... I guess he's got little stubby arms, so wouldn't you start with your arm? <laughs> I know. He just, uh, he just bends over, and it almost looked like it was stretching a little bit, his stomach, and then rips open. Ugh. That's where I felt sick. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I had to put the comic down for a minute, literally. That's disgusting. And and I put my hand on my stomach and I put my finger on my forehead. And you went, oh. Yeah. Alun <laughs> was playing Spider-Man next to me on the couch. <laughs> I'm, did you tell him about what you were reading? <laughs> I just said, dude, you would love this. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? This this reminds me of an uh, interesting thing I saw on one of those survival shows, like where they follow someone outside mm-hmm. in the wilderness. And I think he he needed to, I think he wanted to catch some animal or something like that. So he managed to kill a duck, and then he cut out the duck's larynx or like its voice box. Or no, no, he cut off the duck's head but kept a lot of the neck that like goes down into the chest Ugh. and then found the, the trachea, like the windpipe, and would blow through that to make the duck call. Oh, so he's God. actually using the duck's own voice box, voice box to make a, a duck sound to attract, I think, more ducks that he could kill. Oh, hunt. man. Isn't that, that crazy? Is the, the, the fox would do that. Yeah. That is... Oh. That's where I thought it was going. I thought he would do something like that. Nope. He just tricked the pig into eating himself. <laughs> um, so we cut back to Batman and it seems like the beast is winning at this point Batman's lying on the ground mm, Batman is the pig what's that? Batman's the pig here Batman was lured into putting himself in danger now imagine being the type of kid who's begging to hear that story right before bed <laughs> you would have to be I mean there's something off with you to begin with who I mean, who wrote the story? Did the dad write? Because where do you find that? I wonder if this is a real story. I don't know. I, I never saw anything like this in the Berenstain Bears. You don't remember that one book where the dad like, cooked all the kids and tricked his <laughs> wife into eating the bear He's pie? Look, honey, I made a bear claw. Yeah. You, will, you will surely enjoy this meal. Batman's lying on the ground. And you know the classic look when a superhero is getting beaten? You know, part of his mask will be ripped off. Yeah. We've got that here. So you know this is serious. The Beast is walking over to finish him off. And then Batman shoots him in the face with his grappling hook. Uh. And think about how far that grappling hook has to travel. The top of a building usually. So it yeah. is going with force. And they show it. There's some motion blur. So you feel like it's moving really fast, and it smacks him uh, the beast in the head, and you see a big snap. It broke his neck. Wow, it's brutal. 
You think this fits in Batman's uh, don't kill rule? Maybe this is what the Beast wanted. That, you know, that I would agree with you if this was the Joker. But the Beast strikes me as much more of a, you know, I, I much more logical in the sense of, I got to kill this person, I'm going to kill this person. I don't think he's yeah. that cunning, you know? He even mentioned before that he, the only reason he killed Nightwing is someone paid him to. Right. True. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like it's in line with Batman's character, but he was he was up against the wall. Up against the wall, and we haven't seen him this angry in a while. Yeah. Before we see what happens next with Batman, we cut back to the children's story and see the the conclusion there. Oh, I wait, can I can I make a prediction? Yes. The fox rigged the whole thing. Like he 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 had a way out of the pit all along, or he knew the pit was there, and he just wanted this to happen. <laughs> uh, no. Uh. We have a narration which says, The fox was left as the last beast in the pit. Did he climb up, or is he there still? I don't know. And you see the seasons changing over the pit. Now, it's kind of a weird thing to say there, because... Did he climb up? I mean, could he have climbed? I mean, if he could have climbed up, he could have done that from the beginning, like you said. That's what I'm saying is what if he could have climbed up from the beginning, but this is what he wanted. It's like, oh, it's a free meal. I just have to outsmart all these idiots. So maybe you're not. So you might actually be right, even if it's not spelled out. This was all part of his plan. And he came up with that singing contest idea, which is kind of a weird idea. Yeah. Uh, And he had it right away. So he may have thought this through in advance. Well, we're back to Batman. The Beast is lying on the floor now, lying on the ground in the snow, and he says, My neck is broken. (laughs) Batman says, Yeah. Beast says, If you get me help, I will tell you who hired me to kill your boy. You think Batman gets him help? Um, yeah. He shouldn't, but I think he does. Here's what Batman says to him as he walks away. I got a bullet in my arm and a body of hurt. There's a 300-click walk ahead of me through nothing but snow and ice. I'm the world's greatest detective. I'll find out who hired you, and I will break them too. You can get your own damn help. So is he just going to leave him there to die? That is the implication. Hmm. If he's going to... All right. If he, if he assumes that the beast is just going to die there, why doesn't he just finish the job just to be safe? This feels like his weird way of having his cake and eating it too. It's like in Batman Begins where uh, Liam Neeson yells at him, you can't kill me. <laughs> and, he's, and he says, well, I don't have to save you. He That's feels like he's not killing somebody by not saving them. But the beast, I mean, the beast should be killed, right? Yeah, he's a beast. You got to put him down. Yeah. He's not one of those fantastic beasts either. <laughs> and where you find them? In, this, in Siberia, with their, killing their dad. <laughs> uh, I, I respect Batman for not saving him, but you know he's going to, I mean, there's a good chance he'll survive because he's the freaking beast. And then he's just going to come back. 
Exactly. That's not the end of the issue because we cut back to the, the children's story, the father who just finished reading that story for his son. Now, remember when I told you that anytime someone's speaking Russian, it's got brackets around it? Mm-hmm. Well, there was a funny thing about the narration in that story. There's no brackets. Weird. So we have a father putting away the book, and Thomas Wayne, who just finished reading a book for his son, Bruce, he says, uh, yes, well, that's your story. Why you love that one? Anyways, it's done, son. Go to sleep. What? Right? That gave me chills when I read it. So he grew up reading this... He grew up reading the same messed up story as the as uh, the Beast. Well, I don't know for sure that the Beast was reading this. It might have just been a trick where they showed us, mm, you know, uh, I here's see. a scene. The important yeah. takeaway is that this was Bruce Wayne's favorite story growing up. Yeah, and it's not his. It's not his dad is. So you originally you read this and you think that the Beast's dad is making him read this messed up story. Yeah, that Thomas Wayne. Doesn't even want to read it. Bruce is like, Dad, I want to see that story again about the pig. <laughs> Whoa. What do you think that said? What do you think this means? Uh, he's just a, he's really dark. He's a dark guy. He's a dark guy. He respects the fox, maybe. The idea of you can't trust anybody, and you've got to be the one that calls the shots. You've got to be smart. And the world is a brutal place. I mean, what do you think? You're of the two of us. You have more experience uh, in the in the world of psychology. Hmm. What's tell me about Bruce Wayne? All right. So, do we think he related to the fox in this story? He must have, right? I think so. This is a tough one. Here, okay. let me give you a little a little tidbit yeah. for what happens after that. Bruce asks his dad to stay. Doesn't want to be alone. And Thomas uh, eventually relents and says, fine, but just for a little while, then I have to go. So he loves his dad. He clearly has normal kid emotions, but something about this story speaks to him. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if, if his him asking his dad to stay at the end, I don't know if that even relates to why he likes the story. Yeah, I think I think the takeaway, I mean, first off, we just have to point out what an awesome twist. Yeah. I mean, when you when you read Batman, the, the sort of twist you're, you're used to is uh, something that's more plot-driven. Like, whoa, it turned out it was this person all along. This is a psychological twist of, wow, I can't believe that about Batman's character. Uh, you know, for me, the takeaway is that Bruce Wayne had some Batman in him from the jump. That he always had this dark edge to him and i think both of us sort of feel like it's the fox he's relating to here but not just the fox in the sense of i need to be the smart one that calls the shots i think the general theme of the story not being able to trust people to work together especially in a crisis i think he sees the world as a dark place you know you fooled me because you were narrating the story in a russian voice (laughs) <laughs> what did you notice though i i never said his father i kept saying the father is that i didn't want to outright uh, lie. you're 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 a fox that was sneaky 
<laughs> I I didn't mean to read it in a Russian accent. That was a mistake. But once I started, I had to keep going. No, I, I think that was a good decision. It, it's like when you meet somebody new for the first time and you accidentally start talking in a British accent. Mm. And then every time you see that person from then on, you have to pretend to be British. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate when that happens. I've got three people in my life right now who think I'm British. One who thinks I'm Czech. <laughs> One who thinks you're mute. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a tough story to get through. Um, the first time I read it, like I said, I felt sick when I saw the pig perform self or auto cannibalism. <laughs> and that that ending literally gave me gave me chills. What an awesome way to end that story. Uh, my If I had one complaint, it would just be the handling of Nightwing. It sort of feels like they were afraid to talk about him too much the last couple of issues because they needed the reader to feel like he's dead. But they couldn't really comment on it because he's alive in another series. So they sort of tried to have their cake and eat it too without bringing him up too much. Uh, but that, that was a minor point. Overall, I thought it worked really well. Like I said, it sort of reignited my desire to read the current run of Batman. Uh, I am going to go back and read all of this current run of Batman and catch up. And I'll want to stay current with it going forward. Can't wait to see where the character goes from here. Me too. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Gil Reads Comics. Until next time, I'm Gil, and I read comics.